Welcome to the Compliance Perspectives Podcast. I'm Adam Turtletaub from the Society of Corporate Compliance and Ethics and Healthcare Compliance Association. Joining us today from Dubai is Tomel De Silva Caesar. Tomel is head of group compliance for Kareem, and we're going to be talking today about how the pandemic is affecting the Middle East uh, and regions nearby and uh, what Kareem's been doing about it. Tomel, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Thanks, Adam, for having me on. Our pleasure. What's the state of COVID-19 across the countries Kareem operates in these days? Yeah, so Kareem operates in a diverse amount of jurisdictions. Uh, we're in North Africa, Central Asia, we're in the Levant and uh, in the Middle East. And I think what we've seen here is that these areas have followed what's happening uh, globally, which is that the situation is really uh, locally driven and highly dependent on what kind of leadership uh, and government management uh, uh, that transpires in these respective jurisdictions. So, you know, we have places like the UAE, which has been really prolific in testing and has made um, considerable headway in sort of containing the virus and, and as a consequence has really opened up, at least in the past several weeks, including uh, notably to tourism. Um, but then, you know, there are countries such as Kuwait, which are still uh, on lockdown, or Algeria, which has had it under control and then has had, you know, certain spikes. Um, in, in KSA, what we've seen is that there's been certain pockets uh, within the country. So some cities are open, some cities are closed. So it really has varied from country to country and even city to city. And as we've seen in, 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 the, in the West and in fact, all over the world, uh, the business has had to adapt and take a really localized approach uh, to make sure that we're really abiding by the regulations in each of the uh, governance, uh, the cities, and the countries that we are operating in. So as a technology company that's involved in everything from ride sharing to food delivery, people come in close contact. How has Kareem been managing this? Not to mention, by the way, the fact that you have people in your offices too. No, absolutely. Um, obviously, that's a principal concern, right? We are in the people business. So um, it's not just a concern from a health standpoint, but, you know, when you're looking at the survivability of the company itself, um, you know, it's a principal and, and central central concern. If we can't take care of the people using our services, you know, people won't trust us and they won't use us, right? So it's it's really an existential a threat to the company and it's a, it's a principal concern. And so it the health of people who utilize the services is really a priority number one. And so what you've seen um, from all sides of the business, whether that be ride hailing or the micro mobility bikes and otherwise to food delivery. And now recently we've gotten into something called uh, delivering anything where we're delivering items from pharmacies or personal packaging or even groceries. Um, you know, so we really have so many touch points in supply chain with all walks of people from all walks of life. This is a principal and core concern of the company. So um, in our ride hailing business, it's now mandatory for the drivers and passengers to wear masks. Uh, you even see in some jurisdictions, the drivers wearing gloves um, and also having plastic partitions in the cars. For example, here in Dubai, there are plastic partitions between the passengers and the, and the drivers. Um, in the food delivery business as well, we've seen considerable measures being implemented from gloves being worn and masks being worn by the delivery drivers. 
um, to plastic coverings on the food. We've also enabled uh, on the app for such deliveries to uh, happen contactless in, in, in a way that allows people to avoid interaction altogether. Um, so, you know, we've seen this sort of proliferation of plastic uh, being used as a primary sort of defense mechanism. And certainly it's not the best, I would say, for the environment, but in terms of um, a health precaution, it really has been instrumental in allowing the business to function in a way that really secures the health and safety of all the users um, interacting in any part of the business. Now, how does compliance ensure a seat at the table as companies adjust to the new reality? Yeah, I would say, you know, from the perspective of the economy, it may be a new reality, but, you know, certainly from a compliance perspective, it's not, right? Um, compliance professionals, in my view, have to insist on maintaining the full program, you know, so that includes the usual meetings, events, you know, and even despite sort of budgetary concerns or ever-shifting business focus that ine inevitably comes into play. It, it's so critical that uh, we maintain the full scope of the compliance program. However, you know, at the same time, it would be foolish if compliance did not adapt to this rapid change, right? Um, just like everything else we see is adapting and changing. So, you know, this means we have to be fast. We have to be efficient. Uh, we have to be light. We have to be nimble. And we have to innovate uh, and support the business uh, to make those adaptations. So, for example, at Kareem, in terms of compliance, what we've done is we have one centralized compliance uh, management system for all things compliance. Um, that includes the confidential reporting line, you know, third-party due diligence, conflicts of interest, all the traditional sort of components of the compliance program are located in one central place. We don't have 10 different service providers or 10 different IT tools for every part of the program. And this really helps create a one-stop shop uh, and really helps us in terms of efficiency and accessibility. So, you know, our focus has been to make compliance palatable for the business to survive and, and really to support, to support those uh, survival instincts um, by being accessible and responsible and nimble. Um, so from the perspective of business people, there's really nothing more frustrating than a compliance department that is not able to, you know, work with them and find solutions. And so we've really tried to be as lean, uh, mean, and, and efficient as possible. Certainly being lean, mean, and nimble is always a good idea, but even more so now. Now, what's changed, if anything, regarding your compliance strategy in light of the current situation? Yeah, so, you know, while, you know, insisting on the full program and obviously ensuring all components of the program are effective and operating, you do need to adapt and change your priorities because of the situation. You know, we're not operating in a vacuum. Um, so, you know, whereas previously we might have a focused on achieving, you know, 10 ambitious projects, um, we had to be mindful and curtail some of those or extend some of those projects. So, we really started by emphasizing the need to ensure that our compliance risk assessment is done in a way that focuses resources where the highest risks of the business are. So as the business is progressing, entering new ventures, markets, we want to be sure that compliance is there. Um, and this also helps 
uh, direct and justify resourcing. I mean, you know, conducting the compliance risk assessment um, and helping us, you know, prioritize and ensure that the immediate needs of the business are met in a way that allow for the business to proceed, but ensure that the compliance considerations are there. So um, other things we've done to, to support these changes are just being visible, increasingly visible, increasing our communication, um, and making sure that you know, we are available to the business at all times of the day. So you know, my mailbox and slacks and you know, WhatsApps and uh, text messages are inundated with business people who, you know, because of the pressures that they are experiencing, need to have input from the compliance department and you know we've had to adapt and make ourselves readily available for that um and i would say you know finally uh the most important thing that we've had to do and, and you and you hear you know it's very generic um we always hear this tone at the top tone at the top it's so important um but it truly is even more pressing in these in these times to get that face time uh, with the CEO and the executive committee to really give them a tangible and precise picture of what the compliance risks are associated with the strategies that they are adapting. Um, and to not only do that, but to lay it out in a very clear, sufficient, and, and orderly way. So, you know, at Kareem, what we've done is take each area of compliance, whether that's antitrust or sanctions or regulatory or third-party due diligence, and we've given them that type of in-depth granular level of appreciation of the risks there so that um, they really understand what their new strategies, what the risks are uh, in conjunction with their new strategies that they're employing. And certainly the risks are changing as fast as the strategies. Now, how can compliance teams leverage this environment? I hate saying the term to their benefit because you don't want to seem as if you're taking advantage of this, but you know, what can we what can we do so that we end up with a stronger compliance effort for the long term? Yeah, that's a really good that's a really good uh question. And I think um you're absolutely right. You know, given the scale of this unconscionable crisis, we don't want to look at this situation as beneficial in any respect. But I do think, you know, it was in the words of, of um, Winston Churchill, who once said that, you know, we, we never waste a good crisis. And I think there's a lot of wisdom to that, um, in that every challenging situation uh, presents itself with a silver lining of sorts. And for compliance, it, what this means it, 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 that these unprecedented times mean that there is unprecedented risk. You know, this is really a clear fact for us. And so as the sort of economy convulses and uh, people are led to sort of act under these scenarios of duress and pressures increase, you know, so too are their desires to sort of, you know, cut corners and compliance needs to highlight those uh, situations and the risks associated with that. And I think that, you know, in these difficult economic circumstances, it's important for, for compliance to really step in and highlight what those risks exactly are. And so, 
to quote another po a famous politician, uh, I think it was uh, Teddy Roosevelt, he said, uh, speak softly and carry a big stick. And I think here the big stick is really the threat of, you know, substantial regulatory punitive damages, right? That really is the threat, the ultimate threat um, and risk. And so you have to utilize that big stick uh, and convey the risks to the executive board in a way that's really palatable for them. Um, and so I think this is the time to really highlight that. Um, and without highlighting where these risks act actually transpire within the business, then as the businesses experience greater and greater financial pressures, you know, they will be less inclined to spend money on those support functions, including compliance, um, if they truly do not see where these support functions are adding value, um, especially in consideration of the company's bottom line. And so I think leveraging that and understanding and highlighting these key risks in a way that is, that is really crystal clear for them is really the opportunity that compliance professionals have at the moment. Well, they say uh, opportunity and crisis are in a strictly intertwined and i think you know we're seeing that as we see all the changes around us and you know whole new businesses emerge and everything from mask making to uh manufacturers of hand sanitizers to as you reported the whole boom in plastic dividers that have sprung up not only in your cars but in stores everywhere well, Tamel, thanks for taking the time away from all the work that you're doing right now to share your insights with us. Uh, I want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen. I'm Adam Turtletop from SCCE and HCCA. I hope we're able to expand your compliance perspective.